This is the Views from the Booth podcast, your reference guide into the world of sports broadcasting. Here's your hosts, J.J. Duke and Joe Vasile. Welcome to this episode of Views from the Booth. Hope you all are doing well out there. J.J. and Joe here with you. Uh, we've had a fun last couple of weeks of shows, including our last episode, and I think really We'll talk about this in a moment, but this was the one that I think had the most fun on, and it was our first actual guest show, not a broadcaster spotlight, and I know we've been a little lax on that front. We're going to get back to that uh, in due course, but we talked about content creation and kind of what goes on behind the scenes, not just you see the videos on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, but how that all actually comes together, and we are joined by Susie Cool. Uh, who's the multimedia journalist out of Rochester for the Rochester Americans and the Nighthawks who play in the National Lacrosse League. And we hit on a lot of stuff during that episode. Uh, We did talk about her career a little bit, including getting that little Salem connection, Joe, between you and her. Um, Talked obviously a lot about the content creation, working with that team. And this was the one that was kind of cool where even if it is a AHL affiliate, Susie has a team to work with, and she didn't mention how that made her life not only simpler, but you get to actually put so much energy into your job. Yeah, it's one of those great luxuries to be able to not have to worry about everything and to have a good support team around you of people that you can work with collaboratively instead of having to one man or one woman band the entire operation. Um, And that just allows you to be more creative and and execute more at a higher level. And for Susie, like we said, going from from Salem in a place where there was there was less of a staff in that area um, to Rochester, where there was more, you see kind of where that difference was and and kind of the lessons, again, that she learned in Rochester that she maybe could have translated back if if you do go back to um, a place where maybe you don't have someone who is just a a whiz at video editing and you just have someone who's okay at it. Like me, I'm okay at video editing. I'm not great at it. Like I'm not really good. So like, I know where my limitations are. And you know, if you have those limitations, you can still put out good content. Yeah. So if you missed that episode, make sure to go check back with us. Uh, Just subscribe to views from the booth, wherever you get your podcasts or on Apple or on Google SoundCloud. I know I don't get that out much often because you only have X amount of links that you could put on a Twitter post, but uh, (laughs) we're basically everywhere where you could find them. And if you miss any of our episodes before that, make sure to go cycle back through as the library is really starting uh, to come together, which is a great thing about this project. Really want to just generate not to say volume after volume, like you get in a proper encyclopedia or a reference guide, but there's a lot of stuff that we've gone through since we started the show. Um, so this week, we are going to continue on the conversation of content creation, really kind of call this one part two, where we heard from the expert last week in Susie. Now we're going to cycle it back to what Joe and I were starting to talk about a little during uh, last week's show, team-specific podcast. Now, I think there's a little bit of a difference and we're going to get into this and what exactly could be a team podcast. Could it be the fan one that you hear where you just have people ranting on about everything that goes on within their favorite team or the media side of things where Joe and I will uh, talk about this, where we have had experiences hosting shows on the side of the team and kind of getting to know players, coaches, things like that. 
we're going to get all into that and really also why uh, that is important for us as play-by-play broadcasters and doing this sort of stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about in this show. And yes, if you're thinking like I'm thinking, basically this show is going to be the most meta thing, the most breaking the fourth wall thing that we could possibly do in Views from the Booth, where we'll be doing a podcast from the perspective about podcasters about a podcast. And yes, I just did a whole community rant season two where Abed and uh, Shirley do, well, wanted to do a video about Jesus for the younger audience. And then Abed turns it into this whole Charlie Kaufman thing. And it just becomes this whole crazy thing. You know, he calls it Abed, all caps. (laughs) So yeah, we're going to be kind of a little bit on that front. Maybe not so much Charlie Kaufman-esque, but you'll get the picture. And if you don't know that show, go back and watch it again, season two of Community. I did binge that during quarantine very quickly. A lot of fun. But team podcast. Uh, We mentioned it last week. Joe does Bucknell women's basketball. I've done uh, for Fairfield Athletics. There's not so much of a theme. We did do an inside lacrosse podcast, but uh, kind of a varying uh, rotation of guests things along those lines but we both have current experience in doing that and I guess this kind of starts on the classic case of more content more ways to connect with fans so I guess I kind of have to start back at the beginning you mentioned how you pitched this so when coming together for your Bucknell show what exactly were you trying to gain out of it honestly the biggest thing was trying to build value um, in what I do and what I bring to the table to my employer um, that was really the first thing that was on my mind. And, and I think that I don't want to say that it was only building value out of a selfish standpoint, but I think that if you look around, um, there are a lot of smaller division one colleges that are eliminating radio. <laughs> um, and that's a very unfortunate fact, but it is a fact. So I wanted to come in in my first year as the radio voice of Bucknell women's basketball and try and improve on the position from where I found it and build more value into what I do. So that way, if at some point down the road, the conversation does come, they will look at me and say, well, you know what, Joe does this, this, and this, and it adds this value, we should keep this position around um, and then maybe reevaluate when, you know, time comes for me to move on to the next thing or or what have you. Um, So really that was my motivation was to go in and build value um, in a way almost out of job security. Um, But also it was because it's something that I wanted to to take on and I wanted to do. Um, it, It was, A team podcast is something that I had been writing about in cover letters of like, hey, if I get this job, I would love to start this for a long time. And now I finally was in a position where I could go ahead and do that. Um, And so I said, I've been telling all these people that I'm going to do this. So I guess I have to kind of do it now that I have the opportunity. And I'll say a lot of inspiration for it also came from uh, one of our previous broadcaster spotlight series, uh, Adam Giardino, who um, 
in 2019 with the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, did a daily podcast for the team called The Railing. Daily, uh, for minor league baseball, is absolute insanity. Um, I did one weekly for Bucknell Women's Basketball, and that was a big project. Um, but the structure was was kind of similar. Uh, mine was a little longer than, than his, but I, I borrowed at least the structure and the idea of what I wanted it to be from that and from having seen him execute that throughout an entire baseball season. Um, so I knew it was possible to do what I wanted to do. And then I just kind of went to them and said, hey, uh, this is something I want to do. Um, and from my standpoint, again, it builds value in not only another piece of content and something I'm putting out there, but hey, for the salespeople, here's something that is sellable. <laughs> you know, whether it's, if this is the Ball and with the Bison podcast presented by whoever, or if you want to lump in ads on that with ads for the broadcast, like that's whatever, um, fine. Uh, so those are my two motivations. One was, it was something I wanted to do. And now I had the opportunity to go ahead and do it. And two was to, to build value for uh, my employer, which Bucknell Sports Properties. A lot of what you're talking about, I think, has origins even before team podcasts. And really, a lot of people enjoy, and I know they still do for the bigger market schools, but you have those weekly coaches shows, those yep. radio shows, where if you talk about sponsorship, you would have it at a local restaurant by a college and an opportunity for an audience to have that sort of intimate setting with a host, coach, maybe player, and then season ticket holders. And not only is there a conversation, but there's that Q&A aspect. And I think a lot of people still value those type of intimate conversations. But as you were saying, where the radio side of things is unfortunately starting to diminish on the college level, really from, let's say, overall power 50 team down through the remaining 360. There's not much going after that. But if you have people that still value this stuff and knowing that, okay, you don't have an opportunity to do a radio show where not a lot of people would be able to catch up to it when it airs as live, but you could do it on a tape version and someone can go back. I mean, that's how people get their podcasts these days. It's either that morning workout or listening to something during lunch or on a drive back. That's where everyone kind of gets their content. So there was always a demand for that sort of one-to-one-to-one, -to -one -to -one, bringing back our, um, talk, our show talking about stand-ups, where it's a conversation between you, the analyst, viewers at home, same concept, you, the coach or player, listeners at home. So that's where I think a lot of the team podcast stuff still comes about. And Quickly, I don't really have too much to add on the side for Fairfield things. It, it wasn't a position or an opportunity that I personally created. It was something when it was originally the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse podcast show that lacrosse is big for Fairfield Athletics. So they wanted to have an opportunity to chat with then coach Andy Copeland, current women's lacrosse coach Laura Field, have some players come in, break down opponents talk about previous games get to know the background story of a few players but that is what people kind of crave uh, they crave that extra content those who are diehards of the sports they'll listen to it I'm sure your show was picked up and listened to not only just by season ticket holders friends and family but you know those out there that love Patriot League basketball love those that love Northeast basketball mine 
with Northeast lacrosse. People just love getting that extra thing. Even if it is kind of the same stuff that you always hear in interviews, it's still worthwhile. And that's where this sort of stuff is so important doing team podcasts. I know it might seem like extra worth, but in reality, the work is a good thing because it almost takes care of your prep for your next game for you. Yeah, and I think you really hit the nail on the head there right at the end. It might seem like it's a lot of extra work, but if you do it smart, smartly, um, it doesn't have to be. I, it really doesn't. It's, you know, I, my show for Bucknell was uh, 20 minutes to 25 minutes long, and it probably took me two hours to do. And that includes recording, editing, putting it into Anchor, and scheduling the episode to go up. It really didn't take a lot of time. Um, and, and that goes back to something that um, we were talking about last week with Susie, and that is repackaging content several different ways to get it out there. So for me, at halftime during games, I would run typically in the first block of the halftime show um, a feature interview with a player, a coach, something like that. Um, and, and I would structure those interviews so that it wasn't, it, what, it didn't matter what game was going on. So I would have that interview and I would play that at halftime. I would pick one of the interviews from that week and that would be the guest on the podcast. Because again, I, I made them more evergreen kind of just getting to know you um, or general about this point of the season kind of interviews. And, um, and so I was able to easily repackage um, pretty much the entire thing as part of the podcast. So that took up a, a good chunk of time in there. And then the rest was, you know, cutting some highlights, doing a game recap, you know, hey, here's what you missed this past week. Here's what is coming up next week. We hope to either see you out at Soika Pavilion or tune in if we're on the road. Um, it's, it was really a minimal amount of work on top of what I would have done anyway for prep, because obviously I'm prepping for the upcoming games to tell you about what's coming up. I'm going to be looking up those teams and, and digging in anyway. Um, and obviously it's good to go back and reflect on, well, what was the week? And really keep abreast on those storylines from not only your team, but from around the Patriot League, in, in my case, or in Fairfield's case, from around the MAC. Um, I don't know if the MAC is a lacrosse conference, come to think of it, but, um, you they, know. They have a women's league, the men play in the CAA. There but the MAC does have a men's lacrosse league. Uh, I believe oh, Monmouth had a run, and Quinnipiac nearly beat Maryland a couple of years ago, for that matter, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. With Rambo. But, uh, but, but anyway, you know, keeping up with what else is going on around your conference, you know, recapping games, uh, maybe a couple games of note that aren't your team's games, like, hey, you know, Navy's playing Holy Cross, and that's kind of an interesting matchup. You know, just little things like that. Um, I, I find those to be very helpful. And again, it's good for your prep to actually do play-by-play -play for the games. And it's very little additional work outside of the actually sitting down with the recorder um, or with your microphone and recording it and editing the podcast. That's about the most uh, strenuous 
work that it takes and and really that is a couple of hours at time for something that a lot of fans of whatever program you're doing it for are going to like and appreciate um had a lot of fans mostly parents uh come up to me and tell me how they loved and they listened to the to the podcast all the time like i could see the download numbers like i i knew there were listeners out there uh, and people who came back every week which was which was really nice to see um but for the most part it was i don't want to say minimal effort because it took a lot of effort and, and planning but it was um it was good to do and and i'm looking forward to you know whenever college basketball does come back whether it's november 25th or january or february or whenever um to resuming that for for this crazy stupid season um and making it more of like what you said of a coach's show kind of a thing because we don't have a coach's show for bucknell women's basketball so all right we don't have a coach's show but yeah i'll just do my own um and and have people get to know the team and get thoughts that way yeah so we talk about connecting with our audience a little bit and this is where we go into the theme and the tone of every show because um not taking like an official poll, but kind of gauging. And I did ask a few people before um, starting the Fairfield Lacrosse project after being told like, okay, this is going to happen. Asking people like, okay, what would you be interested in hearing? Like how, what would you, what would bring you back week after week? Because obviously we could have our own thoughts and how to go about it. We've already said kind of a coach's show. We could have almost like a weekly recap slash week ahead preview show. Um, you could always, of course, have a sort of a, a laid back fan-ish perspective show. Not so much that maybe we would be the ones doing that, but we could be the ones that could host it, things like that. Those, I don't really think of too many other types of podcasts where you like in terms of the themes for a show, but what are the ones that would connect most with the audience? And obviously for Joe and myself, we're very uh, comfortable with the first two. I wouldn't mind actually hosting a fan one because I think it would be hysterical because you never know. And I, the one thing I kind of want to stress in all this is, is it's different than having a broadcast when you're doing these podcasts, because you do have to get that chance to, have that laid back ish mentality where you don't have to have people fear the microphone. This is a big one for me when I'm interviewing uh, student athletes and probably the same for you as well is the first question that always comes out from any players. Like, is this live? Fortunately, it's a podcast. And the answer is no. Then the next one. Oh, so that means you can edit stuff out. Yes. Then you see like the shoulder tension kind of go away a bit. It's like, okay, you know, this is not going to be a pressure thing. We could just have a little bit of fun with it. And the more fun, I know it's constant theme for me coming from, but the more kind of fun that you have with your interviewee, whether it is coach or player or administrator, alum, even for that matter, I think that's where people really enjoy it because you get to learn a lot of new things that maybe you didn't necessarily think of before. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you you brought that part up because about making your interview subject feel a lot more comfortable when they realize, okay, this is something that can be edited or tweaked around because um, I'll give you kind of a funny thing that I, I do sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, um, but typically when I record my interviews for, you know, if it's for a pregame show for baseball, it's a couple hours before first pitch. 
usually after batting practice or maybe even before. Um, but if it's for basketball, usually I'll show up at practice the night before the game and I'll catch whoever I want to talk to on the way out of there if I haven't already set something up, you know, formally ahead of time. Um, and one of the things that I'll, I'll always do um, is sometimes I'll stumble over a question or uh, I'll pull a Michael Scott and I'll start saying something without really figuring out how I'm going to get to the end of my sentence. Um, and I'll just, I'll make a comment like as I'm asking the question and I'll just let's say, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm sorry. I'm going to try that question again and we'll edit that out. And that seems to always, always set the person I'm interviewing with at ease because now not only do they realize that it obviously it's not live and it's, it's something where I can and will do some editing to, but now I, the one interviewing them, um, the professional in this situation has just messed something up and I'm making a joke about it and saying, all right, I'm going to start that again and we'll edit it out and it'll sound fine. And then they realize that they can do the same thing. Um, and almost to a person, they become way more relaxed after that. And I almost always get great answers after doing that. Again, I don't do it on purpose a lot. And most of the time I do that by accident. I'm not trying to say that I'm a genius or something, but if I sense that someone is being a little bit tense in the interview, especially if it's a freshman who hasn't been interviewed a lot, um, or maybe even at all, uh, I'll try to do that early on just to show like, okay, this is, this is low pressure. I'm not perfect. You don't have to be perfect. It's fine. Um, and you can just relax like it's a conversation and, and things will, things will go really well. It, it helps to, I don't want to say disarm because that almost sounds like it's a confrontation when it's not, but, uh, but it really helps to, to kind of disarm the person that, that you're interviewing. Uh, and it just makes them, uh, a lot more open and, uh, and overall a better and more interesting talker. Well, I think it peels back layers than anything else because any time a player obviously for joe and myself guess what newsflash we're a little bit older than most of the college student athletes that are playing maybe a little bit more older but we'll we'll leave that as it is but they see us as kind of like oh all of a sudden it's media we you know the deer in the headlights look I don't want to mess anything up. And sometimes you do have the coaches actually not going to say sometimes often enough, you're going to have the coaches right over the shoulder, making sure that the, you know, the kid says everything that they're supposed to not really um, tarnish the program in any way, shape or form by saying something that they shouldn't, but it is, it's fair because I've done it myself accidentally, or maybe quote unquote accidentally like mess up just something have a chuckle have a laugh and it's like carry on I think also too some of when you have these questions when you're interviewing someone obviously you're going to be talking about the game you're going to be talking about someone's performance if, if a common theme shows up like you know last year someone that was sitting on the bench majority of the time they worked their way up to be either a starter or first player off the bench what'd you do like stuff like that those are kind of the obvious but then you sprinkle in the little carrots little nuggets in there that make them smile whether it's like so let's talk about what happens off the court personality wise like who um a couple times I did this with the lacrosse podcast where 
you know, if I've got a couple of players on the women's team and I want to know like, okay, so we see all the time on a takeover Tuesday for social media food. Okay. Let's talk about this. So whose parents bring the best meals to the post game barbecue or the tailgate, whatever. We talk about that for a little bit. We talk about maybe, you know, I don't, there's so many things that you could really just go on about, but it's, again, it's just all the mood loosening tactics that ultimately make the conversation better, which ultimately makes like, oh, that feedback. Because like you said, parents coming to you after a game saying, hey, listen to your last show, sounded great. Yeah, you try not to like show too much emotion, but you know in the back of your mind, hey, it's nice that someone listens to it and get a compliment for it. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. And and also these these kinds of things, like if you're doing a team podcast, it's the perfect opportunity for you to really dive into a couple of nuggets that you've come across on a player but haven't really done much with or or you can't really find a way to work into a game and and like a play-by-play thing but you can really do it in the podcast form in the interview form and I'm thinking back to our prep show you know when we were talking about reading the bios on college athletics websites of players that SID spent hours and hours putting together a lot of times in the personal section, you'll just see these like crazy nuggets um, of information that again, it's like, I'm never going to have an opportunity to talk about this in a basketball game. But for Bucknell, there's one of their players won a congressional art contest when she was in high school and had a piece of artwork displayed in the Capitol in Washington, DC. I'm never going to be able to work that in to a play-by-play broadcast of a Bucknell game, but you know what? I I didn't get a chance to interview that player last year for the podcast, but when I do this year, I'm going to ask about that. How did that come? Like, there's so many follow-up questions to that that I'm curious about. Um, And this really gives me an outlet to explore those things and and get in a little bit deeper. Um, Another one that I'm, I'm thinking of is this isn't, anything podcast really, but once did a, a Princeton lacrosse game and one of the players um, grew up in Ireland and was like played Irish hurling, which I don't know if you know anything about hurling. Um, I looked it up as part of it. It's like this crazy baseball lacrosse rugby hybrid kind of a thing. It's insane. Do you know how many questions I would have for that guy about how do you start playing that? Like, what, like, there's just so many different things. But again, it's things I'm never going to talk about when I'm doing play-by-play. So, and if you find it interesting, there's going to be people listening to the podcast starting to find it interesting too. So don't be afraid if you, come, if you have those little one-liner nuggets that you just had in the back of your mind thinking about like, boy, I wonder more about that. Really get into it and really use this opportunity to explore that. Um, and again, uh, use the content as much as you can. Run it, run the interview at halftime, run it on the podcast. If you have a blog and do some writing, take that interview, take the quotes from that, turn it into a feature story, get a couple quotes on the player from a coach or a teammate or something like that. Like there's a thousand different ways that you can take one interview and repackage it. And you know, the podcast is one big way, but it's just one of what can be many different ways of using the same piece of content. 
And I think that kind of wraps in perfectly nicely why doing these team podcasts are so important to play-by-play personnel. We already mentioned that, yeah, it's a little extra work, but in reality, it's a couple hours of your life that you can easily fit into because most of the time you're going to be using it for some sort of prep anyways. You just have to edit some audio. Or if, you, if you're like Susie Cool and you have a team behind you or you work with a team, then you can, they can take care of that for you. If you're fortunate enough, of course. If you're not, you can do that on your own. Um, prep. I mean, Joe just said it perfectly. If you have a chance to already go through, if you're working for a team, you go through every player's bio and you pick out an interesting little fact or two, find a way to weave it in. Perfect. Um, interviews. I think we've already obviously kind of hit this on the head, but not only are you working on just how your own interview tactics work, but you're kind of figuring out what your strengths are, how you go about asking questions, how much are you listening and what are you taking away when someone talks with you as opposed to, I've got a laundry list of questions that this is no knock. This is a, for anybody that is getting their feet wet on the interviewing side of things. You do have to stay away from just going through the list of questions one after another. You start with one, you have backups and potential follow-ups, but listening to what people talk about because then that makes it sound less robotic when you're doing a podcast, as opposed to, I would have a thousand questions to ask about Irish hurling. And I have actually seen video of it before, which by the way, low key nuts sport. I would actually, I would pay good money to go to a hurling match to see just how it goes. And just to like understand the atmosphere behind it, because it's kind of like soccer and rugby in terms of what the fans are. They're jumping mad for however long the game is. Couldn't tell you how long it is, but that would be like, that would be amazing to talk to someone about. It would have no anything to do with probably what your sport actually is for the podcast. That might be your best podcast episode, mm-hmm. just going about that. So listening to those types of things. I think all of that, there are so many positives for play-by-play, for analysts, for anybody to go ahead and try to do a podcast because you're going to gain so much more out of it as opposed to, oh, it's just an extra thing that I have to do. Yeah. And it's, that's exactly it. Like, you know, we talk about finding things outside of your sport to talk about, like, again, perfect example of you're learning more about a player, about a player's past and their history, their interests outside of their sport. And that's, that's obviously something that I think is valuable to you as a, as a broadcaster, to you, to a fan out there listening um, and in terms of how obviously it can help you as an interviewer, I mean, practice is the best way to be a better interviewer. Uh, there's just no way around that. And if the way that you force yourself to do interviews when maybe you don't have to do them is by doing a podcast and being like, I can't just have a no interview show this week. Like if that's what you have to do to force yourself to interview people, then that's what you have to do, uh, you know, to hold yourself accountable on that. Like, you know, just do it. Um, You'll become so much better the more you do it. Um, And and obviously we'll we'll talk more about it specifically in the interviewing side of things in another episode, but um, it's one of those things where practice will always make perfect. Um, We as play-by-play broadcasters have what 
fans don't have, and that's access. Not only just play-by-play, -play, but any kind of broadcaster. You have access to the players. You have access to the coaches. Um, you have to learn how to use that because otherwise any fan can throw on a headset and do a broadcast if you're and conceivably do the same job. Um, but what makes what we do different and what adds that value over that random fan out of the stands, other than we went to college in theory to, to do this and have some training, um, is that we have access to coaches to be able to ask them why, to be able to find out more. We have access to players to be able to ask them why and find out more. So we need to use that and, and, and really dig into it. So it's, um, that's why almost to circle back around to, you know, what do you want the structure to be? If you're doing a team podcast, you better use your access, you know, to, to your advantage, because then otherwise it's the exact same podcast that any fan could do about the team. Um, and that's probably not something that is going to find its niche audience. Uh, I mean, people need a reason to listen. Um, and if the reason is this helps bring me closer to players and keeps me up to date, then that's, that's going to be the reason. If it's, well, this guy's going to rant at me and go on a Stephen A. Smith type jag about whatever, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to find that sustained um, audience. So it's, it's using that access, it's interviewing well and and again it's all it's all in practice and then again using it to market yourself later on to point to to say hey i did this here i'll do this for you as well um kind of a thing or you know if you go from a place that didn't have a coach's show to now a job where there is a coach's show well i've never done a coach's show before but I did this weekly podcast that was essentially like a coach's show. So I know I'll be able to handle it. The only difference is this would be a live thing on site as opposed to something that was, you know, canned already. So it's, um, it's a very important thing to do um, for you personally and for the being the CEO of your own company. It's another channel for you, another way to get your name out there. Uh, you know, we talk about all those spokes or those different branches of your company. The podcast is another branch. You've got the play-by-play -play podcast comes off of that. So um, I, I like how I'm just tying together every single episode. It feels like that we've done. You've um, pretty much wrapped up literally every show, every <laughs> 16 shows that we've done into one so finish up and I'm going to be like, and that's all we got for today, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, so it's, it's just another, it's just another branch of what you do that you need to take seriously um, and approach from that matter of, you know, this is something you're putting your name on. Um, so I know if people search in iTunes, Joe Vasile, they're going to come up with views from the booth. They're going to come up with ball with the bison. And those are probably going to be the top two things. I don't know. Maybe it's just my algorithm shows this as the top two things. But, um, you know, the, so whatever your name is on, better, better be good. Like, you better be proud of what you do. And that goes for everything. But 
um, you know, don't, I, I know I've talked a lot about, you know, try to repurpose and reuse content. That doesn't mean be lazy. Um, you know, yes, repurpose as much as you can to make your life easier, but do it in a smart way. Like, I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast are not listening to the radio broadcast because they're there at the games. Um, so they don't hear those interviews when they go out on the radio. So I have that. I've done it. Let me put this out there in another way for people to be able to hear it. Or if someone came in in the middle, I can always come back and say, and if you missed any of that interview or want to hear it again, check it out on the podcast. Um, and then that, that helps things out as well. So um, it's always a good thing to have. It's a good thing to do. But again, you, you have to take it seriously uh, and make sure you do a good job. I feel like I'm ranting like crazy. No, right I mean, so you, circles, you, hit, you literally hit on every major part of it. Because if you're putting your name on something, you want to do it to the best of your abilities to represent those around you. You said if you're just doing a show for an organization, for a team, for a program, and it doesn't represent them. I don't think there's any worse thing as a broadcaster. And I don't mean to end the show kind of on a negative point, but I don't think there's anything worse than that per than that team that's, you know, point of contact person to come to you and say, look, you're just not doing what we're looking for. This ends and we'll try and figure something else down the road. So, you want to give it, you know, give it its life, give everything your best shot, do the work. And if there happen to be a couple of bottle episodes in there, so be it, but then just make sure that you have a couple, a couple of bangers in the weeks to follow, because then that's where the views and the listens keep going back up. But Joe, I, I think, yeah, not to make this again, the whole meta, a podcast about podcast or a podcast from the perspective of podcasters about a podcast, but it is, yeah there's so many different ways to create great content out there. This is just another great Avenue for fans out there to get the access, as you said, inside of a team, inside of a program and learn a little bit more about your favorite players and coaches, because ultimately they like us are fans of the game. So they want as much as they can get. Absolutely. It's one of the best decisions I ever made. And I know you, um, I'm very happy that, that with what you do at Fairfield, I'm very happy with, with what I've been able to do at Bucknell. And um, honestly, if I could go back, I would have started doing team podcasts long before just because I enjoy doing it so much. The fans appreciate it a lot. And the university and the administration uh, appreciates it as well. Um, so it really, if you do it and you do it well, it's a win-win-win situation for everyone involved. And um, Really, there's nothing better than that. Well, if there's win, 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 you can uh, let us know some of your ideas. Maybe if you have a future show, you know, ask us about it. We'll be happy to kind of give you some pointers. And if you're not familiar with um, how to get a podcast off the ground, I've personally, since doing this, have helped a couple of people get shows off the ground. So we're happy to lend our hand uh, there as well. So you can find us on a number of different ways. Uh, you can reach out to us on email at viewsfromtheboothpond at gmail.com, on Twitter at the VFP vftv underscore pod instagram from views from the booth underscore pod and facebook on views from the booth podcast joe is at joe vasile pbp on twitter instagram joe vasile i'm at jj duke 21 on twitter jj dot duke 21 on instagram 
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Views from the Booth podcast. If you want to catch up on any of our past episodes, you can find us everywhere where you get your podcasts. See you all next time.